my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, my beauties, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I am doing my favorite thing, which is recording a podcast episode for y'all because I love y'all all so much, and I really, 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 really truly hope that you are being surrounded by love and positivity and all the things that you deserve because you are worthy. You are so, 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 so very worthy. And I hope that you not only logically know that, but I hope that you receive that in your heart, that you hold on to it, that you cherish it, that you believe it. That's my blessing for you today. And I hope that you are able to to hold it in your heart and hold it in your hands and walk in it. So, Let's talk about today's episode. So I have two topics in front of me today. Let's talk about this one. Let's talk about three reasons your no contact process is not working. So many of you know that in October, was it October? I don't know, last year. <laughs> last year, I recorded an episode talking about the no contact process for love addiction. This is one of the core tools that I teach when it comes to love addiction. It is a tool that I learned by way of my time in Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous that I have added to and adapted for all of the gap areas that I saw when I did the no contact process in that 12-step program. All the reasons that I, all the things that I feel like worked. And then again, plugging in the holes for the reasons, the things that didn't work, which are the reasons why even after I was in SLAW, I went back to a narcissist ex afterwards. Even after that, I was still fantasizing about someone who didn't really want me the way that I wanted them. The reason why, even after I'd gone through the no contact process, I went back to an, an ex who was unavailable for me. And, you know, for an hour, I went into a lot of detail about what that no contact process looks like. It was not a skimpy episode. And even with that, I know... I know because I've been there. I know many of you have struggled with it. I know many of y'all have struggled with implementing it, with seeing the relief that comes from it, with actually feeling free at the end of it. And some of y'all may be finishing your 90 days right now and trying to entertain being friends with an ex-partner and thinking that you will have evolved and you've had some mental space and everything is okay. And really all you've done is buy time and things are going to go back to the way they were. So I am going to talk about in this episode, three reasons why your no contact process is not working or maybe has not worked if you're listening to this after three months. And if you're someone who's like, well, I'm doing it and things are going great for me, you can go ahead and listen to this episode or you can bookmark it if you need it for later, or you can send it to a friend or a family member who needs to go through this process. But yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. 
Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So for those of y'all who are new to this podcast, or it's just helpful as a teacher and an educator and a coach to give y'all an intro rundown, here on the Black Girls Podcast, I talk about healing from love addiction, love avoidance, and love deprivation, aka love anorexia. So yes, I talk about relationships. Yes, I talk about trauma. But this podcast is for those of us who, when we have relationship problems, it goes deep that we, our breakups are really hard, that we are in addictive relationships with people that we know better, that we are all shiny and glossy on the outside, that we have everything going for us for the most part, or that we we just really keep everything to ourselves. And when it comes to love, connection, and intimacy, we keep coming back to these habitual patterns that we just cannot seem to break. And all of the good and healthy relationship advice that is actually very good and healthy relationship advice, when we try to apply it, either it doesn't work or we're applying it with the wrong people and we don't know how to find the right people that are actually going to hold space for us and love us and honor us. That's what this podcast is about. That is what I do with my coaching students is I help y'all break those patterns because one of the reasons I really, one, did not believe that love addiction was a thing and also that I faltered in getting help for so long is because I thought that all of this was just a logical thing. I thought that this was just if I understood it enough, if I quote unquote loved myself enough, which was such a triggering phrase for me, that that all of this would end. But I didn't understand that love addiction at its core is a trauma response. And that is not about intellectual knowledge, it's not about willpower. It is about you doing deep work to to get at the reasons why you're using a person, a relationship, or the fantasy of who you want that person or relationship to be, mistaking that obsessive connection to them with love, mistaking the the reason why you get so weak in the, le- weak in the knees <laughs> and you can't just let go, mistaking that maybe the reason why that's so hard is that this is the one and love makes you do crazy things. No, trauma makes you do crazy things. Not having access to healthy role models of what love and connection is makes you do crazy things. Not knowing what you are worth makes you do crazy things. That's what makes you do crazy things. And the relationships and partnerships that we desire and that we deserve uh, even even with the work that comes with relationships, it ain't supposed to be like this. Okay? So in the no contact episode, I talked about using no contact, which is taking a break away from being in contact with these people as a healing instrument for you. We do not use it for punishment. We do not use it for trying to teach them a lesson. We don't use it as a cat and mouse technique. If you do it for any of those reasons, you are still in intimate connection with them. You are still not doing it for you. You are doing it for them. And love addiction can be so insidious because you think that you're operating in safety and you're operating in your own inner security and self-love, not really seeing and not being able to understand that so many of your patterns, like so many of your patterns are connected to this trauma response. So what looks like healthy and normal for you is not that, but because you're in your body, because you're in your experience, because you're in your own perspective, you can't see what others see. Or if you do have people around you who are giving you healthy feedback, 
it goes in one ear out the other. Not even that you're trying to be resistant. You just, your brain cannot compute it, right? And so you have to be at a place where you are open and available to receive. And you need to be at a place where you are open and available to actually change these patterns, okay? No contact in itself, because this is a trauma response, if you actually do what you're supposed to do, you will go through something called withdrawal. It is a physical, it's not just a mental, it is a physical, emotional response that happens when you are separating from someone or something that you have a trauma bond with. That's why people go back. That's why they were replaced with other addictive behaviors. That's why we will find other ways to self-soothe. That's why we may rush into another relationship. That's why we will just numb out and say, well, I just don't need any relationships at all because it is too painful to actually face the things that are underneath it. So, you know, we talk about more the tools to deal with that in the no contact and detox support kit, which is the smaller component where I go into more detail about how to do the no contact process that I really encourage y'all to, to get. And again, if you are having problems with that, if you're still having problems with no contact, I'm gonna go over the reasons why it may be hard. If you didn't get it before, I strongly encourage you to get it now. Okay, so here are some of the reasons why no contact can be hard in addition to this being a trauma response. So these are the things that I see in my coaching students and I'm going to tell you. So the first thing is you make up your own rules or your rules are too loose. So again, in the no contact and detox, in the no contact process for love addiction episode that I shared, I talked about the rules talked about a good good majority of the rules and um or the basic structure of the rules right because again i only had an hour that was a long episode and what i find is that even when people have the full process because actually making a clean break from that person is so hard they will remix it they'll be like okay they'll they t- they'll take what i say here on the podcast all the time which is take the parts that parts of whatever I say that resonate with you and leave the rest. You know, if if 5% of what I say is what you need, then great. If 80% is what you need, then great. If 100% is what you need, then great. Um, so they'll take that. They'll take that real advice that I give you and they're like, okay, well, I don't need to do all of that. You know, like my situation is different. Um, I'm stronger. I'm in therapy. We have history this isn't abusive. We're just not good for each other, but I'll miss them. They're my only friend or they need me. So they'll, they'll use any and every excuse in the book to try to adjust the no contact process to something that is a little bit more emotionally safe for them and emotionally comfortable for you. And here's the thing. If it is emotionally comfortable for you, that means you're doing it wrong. Again, we, we're talking about an addictive process, right? When we are, when we are in an addictive relationship with some, something or someone, we will do everything we can to protect and preserve our relationship to that thing, even when it is causing us emotional, mental, spiritual, sexual, physical, financial harm. It is a compulsion, even past your own basic good reasoning. It is a dependency. I know, and maybe you can do this own um, test on yourself, but I know that someone is in an addictive relationship with something or someone when I mention, let's just take a complete break from it for about, let's even 30 days. 
and I wash their eyes get very bright and I wash them brace. And if there's someone who has a nervous smile, I see them smile and giggle. I feel the tension either through the screen or in the room. <laughs> I, I feel the air get thick. And even if they say yes, if they're in their people pleasing phase or if they are like, huh, I don't know about that because they're trying to be respectful in our communication. Maybe because usually when I talk about the no contact process is at the beginning of our working relationship. So they're still trying to, you know, settle in and feel comfortable and everything. So we're not at the place where they're like, Sheena, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and I have to give them permission to say that out loud. But when I suggest that, if there's any part of you that's like, uh, I can do a little bit of it, but not a lot of bit of it. And we're talking about something that is actively making you sick. We're talking about something that is actively making you doubt your self-worth. We're talking about something that is affecting your ability to work and concentrate. We're talking about something that's making you cry at night. We're talking about something that is leaving you in knots. We're talking about something that makes you embarrassed to talk to your friends about. We're talking about something that has made you completely regress to a place that you thought you would never go back to. When, when we're talking about something like that and you're like, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know about all that. Can what if this happens and you try to put out all of these bargaining scenarios to try to keep a relationship with it, then we are talking about something that has that has power over you. And I know there's a lot of criticism um, when people talk about addictive models and whether or not the 12 step programs and all that are good for people or if they are a healthy method of working. But that is one thing that I took away from it that I think I think is a very key component of getting better is to look at with true honesty, where are the places in your life that you may have let go of your own personal power? Where are the places in your life that you are not acting for your own accord, but you're acting on the, on the behalf of something else or someone else? Where are the places that you have abandoned yourself? Abandon yourself to continue to be in distress no matter what the consequences are. So remixing the rules, again, can look, look like and sound like staying in relationships with them, trying to be their friends, trying to say, well, I can't be your partner anymore, but y'all are still doing the same situationship stuff you were doing before. Saying you're not going to help them, only for that to last a few days to a week until they have a, a big sob story where you feel called to help them and you feel like you need to support them because no one else will. And the thought of saying no, the thought of not answering the phone, the thought of not looking at the text, the thought of um, actually blocking them, actually blocking them, not muting them, not not restricting them, not I'm following for a minute, but actually blocking them makes your stomach churn. And you are immediately like, I can't do that. I can never do that. Those are the things that make people remix uh, their, their no contact process. And y'all know, I mean, you heard in the intro, even if you're new to this podcast, the reason why I know remixing it does not work, not only because what I've seen in my clients is because I've done that. I've done the try to loose the loose um, exchange of the rules. I've tried to do something that felt comfortable for me, not realizing that I was doing other things that were kind of in my Rolodex of addictive behavior. So maybe I'm not acting 
in my love addiction with this person, but I keep them on the side for my own emotional comfort. And But I am now emotionally eating more, or now I'm overworking more, or now I'm planning a new travel trip. You know, hello, Sagittarius. I am spending a lot of money revamping my house or buying new clothes, or I am now going to be in my body area and I'm going to get my body together. I'm going to do all this busy work and all this stuff until I reach a, a, a crux point over there. And then I'm back into using this person fully the way I, I was before. And the thing about addiction too, or addictive behavior, I to say, is that it's insidious. There is very rarely a time when you are starting your relapse where you are full blown back into it. It is a slow, gradual creep up. It is, okay, well, we can't talk anymore. And then you don't talk for a few days. And then you see through a mutual friend that they are having a party. So you're still keeping up with notifications about them, even though you're not talking to them. So now they are I mean, they already were in your head and now they stay in your head. There is a Thanksgiving holiday. And so one or both of you sends a happy Thanksgiving and the conversation doesn't go anywhere from there. But y'all are just, you know, you're in connection. Meanwhile, you're doing your other little stuff. Then um, a week or so later, someone sends the other person a funny TikTok and the other person may not respond for a day or two because they're trying to be strong, but now y'all are laughing together. And then there's another TikTok. Meanwhile, you or the other person is quote unquote dating other people perhaps, but y'all are feeling more comfortable now because, you know, you have a distraction and maybe they have a distraction. And so now y'all are texting more and now you're like, oh, well, see, we can... We can be friends. This is cool. See, I knew I didn't have to do all that. I knew everything was fine until one of you breaks up or maybe you don't even break up, but y'all start hanging out together and kicking it together just as friends until you're not friends anymore, until you're more than friends again, and until the confusion starts again. And then we're right back in the same place. And it is so important for you to reset. I talk about the reasons why no con- we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. 
Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. When healing from an intimacy disorder, one of the first things you have to do right after getting clear on your patterns of addictive behaviors, avoiding behaviors, and living in deprivation is clearing out the roots that caused it. Clearing out the experiences, the traumas, the narratives that have kept you stuck all of these years. In my signature coaching program, The Recovery School, you have the opportunity to reveal the sources of low self-worth, to learn about how old roles in your family have resulted in codependency, shutting down, and not letting others in. And also to learn how to talk to and connect to your inner child in a way that is soothing and healing. This is the next step to reframing the old stories that have plagued you for years to evolve to being a healed and loved woman and having access to the love and the relationships and self-worth that you've always wanted. Learn more and get started by going to therecoveryschool.com. Again, that is therecoveryschool.com. Contact is very important in that episode, so go back and listen to it. In fact, let me do something I never do. Let me actually find the episode number for y'all. Hold, please. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Okay, it's episode 160 and I was right. It was in October. So go back and listen to episode 160. If you if you are feeling like I need to know what this no contact process is, it is the reason why I really feel like our no contact process is different is because it's more than just don't talk to them. It is really a whole full body look at not just looking at the mental reasons why this is happening, but the emotional, the trauma in our kit. We have tapping scripts for you to use. We have scripts for you to tell yourself when you are tricked up and triggered and you want to respond to someone. And then in the recovery school program, which includes the no contact kit is one of the bonuses that you get. You also have community to talk to whenever you feel triggered. You have a group call replay videos where you watch me coach other women through the process and all the reasons why they had had an issue working through their issues. You have access to me to ask questions about why this is so hard for you and get support there. And we look at also the things that you need to do instead. You know, the reason why we do, we do, if we have an addictive relationship with something is because we're trying to soothe something within. We're not just getting, going into excess for for fun. We're not doing it for shits and giggles. We're doing it because something hurts. We're doing it to try to get to a wound. 
Um, we're doing to we're doing it to try to feel better about something, even if we're not conscious about it, about some limiting core belief that we have that somewhere in us that we are not enough. And so when we just try to stop something cold turkey, it it we have to replace it with something because that was our solution. The person, the relationship, the fantasy was the solution. Me adding more passport stamps to my passport is the solution. Me having a badass career is the solution. Me being a size whatever is the solution. Me being the most drippiest person when I walk into the room is the solution, but a solution to what? And so we're going to keep being in these addictive cycles until we get at what is it that I'm trying to heal? What is it that I'm trying to solve? What is it? Where did all of this start? Right? And so we have the no contact process kit for those who are like, I just, I'm just ready for the system right now. But for those who are like, I want to have the system and I also want to know, I want to get at the root reason of why, because a no contact kit gives you what do you do instead. It gives you what are the scripts and all that, but we get at the root cause and the recovery school as well. Um, that is available for you. So information about both of those programs are on our website, blackgirlsheal.org. So check those out and look at the differences between those to see which one it is that you feel like you need right now more than the other. And you can get started in both immediately and you keep lifetime access to both along with any and all updates that come along with it. Now let's go ahead and talk about the second reason why it is hard for us to, to do the no contact process. So the second reason why I've seen that it's hard for my students to do the no contact process and the reason why it has been hard for me in the past to do, do the no contact process with people who I was in an addictive relationship with is that I was still connected to them mentally, even if I'm not talking to them. Now, this this probably should have been number one, but hey, here we are. What do I mean when I say you're not talking to them? So you, maybe you are fully doing the method and you are fully doing the system and you're still in deep emotional turmoil about them. You are still just as sad. You're still just, just as depressed. You're still just as upset. You still feel just as lonely and just as much feel as if you will never find anyone ever again. And that this was the only friend who would understand you. This is the only lover. You'll never have a family. And I'm I'm saying this just to lay out the thoughts that I hear people say. I'm not trying to trigger any feelings in you, but just to let you know I get it. And I've been there and, I, and I've seen it. And we've helped women break that pattern. Here's the reason why you are still mentally connected to them, even if you're not talking to them and doing the full process, blocking and everything. It is because you are still thinking about them. I'm going to let that sit. And I'm going to let, I wish, I wish this was on video. I, I record, by the way, y'all, I record cuddled up in my bed for the most part. It is my safe space. It's where I can relax. It is where I can just be in flow and edit as I need to go if I need to backtrack on something. And that means that I am I'm looking homely right now. <laughs> so people have suggested to me to do this podcast on video. Um, and moments like this is where I wish you could see my face because I, I would do the face that I think y'all are making to me right now. But yeah, that was my full sentence. The reason why this is still hard for you and you're still mentally connected to them is because you're still thinking about them. Now, let me explain what I mean before you get real mad at me. So the thing about love addiction and one of the things that fuels love addiction is the mental rehearsing 
the obsessive thoughts, the recycling or the recycling isn't the right word. It is the rehashing of the conversations over and over again. It is redoing different events and different scenarios, replaying conversations and moments and highlights in your head. And when you do that, you are still mentally connected to them. You are still mentally in a relationship with them, even if they are not in front of you. And you are using all of your energy. You're using all of your bonding with this person, with this relationship and trying to get to a solution that does not exist. And even if it does exist, it does is not available for you right now, which adds to the pain. And you staying mentally connected to this person and losing hours and days and moments and replaying this stuff before you go to sleep at night and, um, you know, thinking about them while you're at work and while you're driving to work and on the commute and then trying to go and fake, fake the funk with your friends and try to be happy and try to distract yourself. And then you go home and lose more time and lose more energy thinking about them. Girl, you you're still connected to them. You are still mentally and spiritually and emotionally connected to them. And you're still in a relationship with them. So there's a phrase that I use when I talk to students about the tool that I'm going to tell you to do that I want to to use as a preface so that this, this tool has context. But there's a phrase or a saying that talks about how you can't stop the birds from flying around, flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. So when we think about thoughts, we we just realize that our brain is going to do what our brain is going to do, especially when it has been used to thinking about a person or relationship all the time, when it is a habit, when it is a well-worn pattern and neural pathway in our brain, it's it's not even trying to trip you up. It's just, hey, it's it's Tuesday at four. Let's think about Robert. All right. It's Tuesday at 530. What's he doing driving home right now? It's Tuesday at six. This is usually when he posts on the census story. It's Tuesday at seven. This is when he calls his mama just to check in. Like your brain is so used to thinking about this person and your whole life is built around them and built to replaying and rehashing and rehearsing how to get to resolution with them and to keep things happy. Again, it's just a habit. So your brain is going to do what your brain is going to do until you teach it otherwise, until you teach it how to not make a nest in your hair. So when it comes to fantasy and when it comes to these thoughts, what I tell my students to do is to stop. What that means is when you see these thoughts happening, when you see the fantasy starting to brew, when you catch yourself because you've lost about 35 minutes to an hour thinking about this person, you didn't realize it because, again, it's so ingrained that you stop it. That you don't say, okay, I'm going to give it five more minutes. That you don't say, okay, I'm going to give it 10 more minutes. That you don't say, okay, I'm going to do it just until it's time for me to go to sleep. Or I'm going to let myself think about them on my way to work. No, you have to train your brain to disconnect from this person being a part of your life. When this person comes in, you need to replace it with thinking about something else or thinking about someone else or thinking about a healthy relationship, right? But you have to interrupt the cycle. Okay, it really is truly building a new habit. And what I hear 10 times out of 10 from every single person that I talk through, talk to about this and talk about stopping and interrupting the cycle, immediate relief, immediate relief. Right. Having that person physically present is just part of this addiction. It's just part of our self-soothing techniques It's the thought replacement. Like I said, though, thought replacement is just part of it. We have built a whole life around 
are addictive self-soothing for the most part and there's a lot of core beliefs that go underneath it there's a reason why this unavailable person is the person that we've been connected to so there does need to be a rebuilding of our of our friendships maybe we do have really great friendships but we're not really utilizing them maybe we don't know how maybe we have our own trust issues maybe we don't know how to let people in maybe we don't even know what our emotions are maybe we can't even clock them in our body That's why we have to do our recovery because it's not as simple as exit this person because what happens is you just replace the person that you've been in an addictive relationship with with somebody else. Now, somebody else who's all shiny and brand new and matches the things on your list to what you, at least what you think is your list, comes in and you feel like, okay, I've been saved. Or for those of y'all who are like, don't want to admit that that's what the feeling is, (laughs) it is, okay, well, look, all my work has paid off. And now I'm in this healthy relationship and you will miss the red flags and the warning signs because you haven't healed what actually brought you and allowed you to stay in that place with that person for so long, which, as I've mentioned before, will make us really want to give up on love and relationships because it gets hard to keep going through the cycle. So again, that's why we have to do our recovery process. That's why we need to get help and support and not try to do this on our own. This third reason I actually said in the original no contact process episode, but I'm going to say it here again. If you started the no contact process because you had just gotten a fight with someone and if you were secretly or not so secretly trying to teach them a lesson or you made it in anger and not because you want to be emotionally healthy and free, that this isn't a tool for you, but it is is like partly a tool for you, but it's also because you want them to know that, that they missed out and that they can't have you and you want to use it as a way to reclaim your power against them versus because you want to be connected to your own self-worth. All emotions are like a wave. They may go up and be very high in intensity, kind of like a tsunami, but the wave always has to come down. So we are making decisions for ourselves based in anger and spite. That's a whole lot of energy. And it gets tiring to carry that energy. And especially if your people are like my people used to be, where I could hold all that anger and everything. But as soon as they say the right words that um, make me want to let, let down my guard a little bit, that anger came down quick, right? As soon as there was a, I'm sorry, or as soon as they made me laugh, or as soon as I got tired of being angry and I just missed them and I just needed comfort because they were my friend or because we did have connection in history and I just needed to be close to someone who was familiar and someone who knew me and knew my story and was patient with me in some ways, then the anger went away, right? So it's so easy to backtrack when we are making it based in these emotional places versus from a place of, like I said in that episode in a lot more detail, This is the state that you want to make it from because you are ready to have healthy love and healthy self-connection for yourself, not for anything else, but for you. When you're making a decision for you and you're planted and you're grounded in that decision, it doesn't matter what waves or what tsunamis are going to come your way because you are firmly planted, right? The wave is going to come, it's going to wash over you, and what's going to be left? You, standing up, standing straight, standing for yourself, okay? And the last reason your no contact process may not work, which is number four. I know I said three, but we're going to do four here. The fourth reason why your no contact process may not be working, which is actually kind of an integration of some of the things I've already said before, is that you're just kind of buying time until it's time to talk to him again. So you did this process for yourself. You wanted to be healthy. You did it fully. But there's still a part of you that is hoping that once this is over, once you're done, 
then y'all can reconnect and things can be better. So this kind of goes into, here's how it plays out sometimes where someone will not talk to an ex or a toxic friend or a toxic family member for three, six months, or even a year. And because they're not doing the core work at why they were in a relationship with this person in the first place, they may be truly living their best life, doing yoga, exercising, having a lot of great friendships, having a lot of great moments, journaling, like doing their stuff, right? But they didn't hit on the reason why they were in a relationship with that person. And so they think because they are feeling very happy and healthy and again, shiny and brand new, and they are feeling so strong within themselves and they've made all these great decisions for themselves, truly made truly great decisions for themselves, that they are strong enough to interact with this person and everything will be okay. But again, trauma and addictive processes are very insidious. They are they are subconscious. They are unconscious decisions. They are reflexive decisions that until we put words and have a name to it, they will, they will rule our lives. Our limiting beliefs, our core negative beliefs, our core fears will rule our lives behind the scenes, behind the curtains. And you will not know the reasons why you're doing things until you start to see the consequences of them play out. So using that same scenario, I broke up with my ex-boyfriend. I hadn't talked to him for a year. And this is a made-up scenario. This is not one of my actual scenarios, but it's a common scenario I see a lot. I haven't talked to him in about a year. I've been dating. I've been doing other things. I've been living my best life. And, you know, I still miss him sometimes, but I'm not going to let that get me down. So I spent a whole year apart. Now we have a mutual friend that's having a party or gathering, and I think that I'm healthy enough to go. And so I'm doing all this mental prep work um, because I'm being honest with myself. I'm still being honest with myself that I have feelings for him. So I'm doing all this mental prep work to make sure that when I go, I don't make any dumb decisions or anything and that I'm strong. And so we go to the party. And because I've been doing all this personal work, not my core work, but I'm doing all this personal work on, on strength and boundaries, I see him. I can be cordial. We can have a light conversation. But, you know, I don't go home with him. We don't plan a date and I'm good. But I saw him. I saw him and that triggered a lot of the thinking and remembering of our times together. I heard his voice again. I, I saw what he, I smelled him. <laughs> I, I saw him across the room laughing with other people and all of it starts coming flooding back. And so that kind of marinates for a little bit. And over time, somebody's gonna break first. If it's not you, it's him. So either he's gonna send a text later on saying, hey, it was good to see you, or you're going to send a text later on, or someone's going to do a happy birthday thing, or someone's going to request to follow somebody again, or just start to stalk stories again. And and it's even worse, y'all, in this scenario, when you see that that person is with somebody else, because then you start to feel like, man, because you're rehearsing all of the highlights, right? You're rehearsing all of the all of the good moments. You're not really remembering the reason why I got to this place. And the highlights are the reason why you stayed because it gave you some sense of community, some sense of comfort, some sense of love. And so you start to miss it. You start to miss it and you start to yearn for it and chase it. And if you don't go back to that person, maybe you are looking for, now you're thinking, okay, I think I'm ready to start dating again. I think I'm good. But again, even if you never go back to that person, 
because you didn't deal with the core issues that brought you to the relationship with that person, you will find, I, I used the word Robert earlier, you'll find, find Robert number two, right? And you may not realize that it's Robert number two until it's down the road. So I know I've said this 98 times so far this episode, we have to get at our core roots. We got to get to the core patterns. We got to get to the core reasons and do our work around that. Okay. So if, if you are someone who's listening, who has struggled with your no contact process, I hope me listing these four things has highlighted one of one, if not more, the reasons why it's been hard for you to help you see, okay, maybe this isn't me. Maybe there is something deeper I need to do and to forgive yourself for that. Because again, this is not about willpower. This is not you wanting to actively choose misery. This stuff happens because your body is looking for relief, is looking for resolution, and it's doing the only things it knows how to to get that until we introduce something else. The recovery school is available for those who are ready to do something else. If you're a recovery school student, I want you to know that this is a group program because we know that healing, healing and intimacy disorder best happens in community. Even if you do the first parts with a therapist or with someone else, you have to learn how to show up, how to use your voice, how to ask questions, and how to let people love you. You know, asking for help and letting people help you is not about exposure when it's in a safe space. It's about you seeing that people can see you for everything you are and with everything you're dealing with and still, still celebrate you, still support you, still say me too, still say I got you. Sisterhood is one of the core tenets of this program. And so I really work hard to make sure that it's a safe space. When women join the program, there, those of, many of you know, there's a course user agreement. And one of the things is making sure that you show up with respect and love for other people in that space. That, it, that includes me, that includes my staff, that we want to make sure that we are operating in a place of love. And with that said, it's up to you when you join to ask questions, to show up to let us know how we can support you and not feel like you have to do it on your own. And even if it's like, I want to show up, but I don't know how, let us support you with that. Let us love on you and let you know there's a safe space that whenever you're ready and to whatever capacity that you need, that we're here for you. Okay. And it's totally up to you. So I'm sending all of you love in this process. It is not easy. Um, There are going to be ups and downs. No one is going to do this perfectly and that's okay. It's totally okay for you to be human. Um, You are still worthy. So that is it for now. You can join us by going to our website, blackgirlsheal.org, or go straight to the enrollment page, the overview page, by going to therecoveryschool.com. Again, that's therecoveryschool.com. And that's it for now. I love you all, and I hope you take care of yourselves. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.